Okay. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back to the show. Peggy Smith here joining us today with a big smile on her face. I could see her because she's on the Zoomcast. If you guys are just listening, you're like, huh, how do you see her? Well, yeah, she's on the Zoomcast too. Uh, We're excited to have her back as always uh, from Happy Possibilities. Uh, That's the name of her company. She's a registered nurse, a hypnotherapist, a woman who has many years of experience uh, in the teaching world and in the clown world. I mean, you name it, she's done it. And she's here joining us live once again today from beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome back, Peggy Smith. How are you? How are you today? I'm doing great. Good. Same here. So please, uh, for those new time listeners, I know I gave a little overview about what you do. Uh, We'll talk just a little bit about some of the modalities you use to help people, and then we're going to dive into integrative medicine for today, right? Yes. Go ahead, sweetheart. So tell us. Okay. I've been a registered nurse for about 45 years um, and in practice for myself um, as a hypnotherapist and complementary medicine therapist um, and for about 15 of those years. Um, I do everything from besides hypnosis, Reiki, uh, energy medicine modalities, uh, laughter, uh, uh, pain management uh, with alternative settings and um, just about anything that is, you know, the, the best way to get those kind of services covered by your insurance is to kind of include them in integrative medicine. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Ah, interesting. Let's start off with what is integrative medicine? What does that even mean? You hear about it, but I bet you there's some people out there that still don't know what it means. So let's get a basic definition down. Okay. Integrative medicine is a form of holistic medicine. Uh, And the goal is to combine traditional Western medicine with some of the Eastern philosophies and do it in a way with evidence-based practice and research. Um, And it it turns out the East and the West work very well when it's not involved in politics. Uh, But it helps you create a personalized treatment option for patients that the patient can be more of an active team player and participate, you know, in the conversation and in the activities and uh, patients just feel a lot more empowered when they're participating and integrative medicine is one way to do that. Mm-hmm. Sure is. All right. And by the way, who founded this? How did this terminology come to life of the Eastern and the Western medicine philosophies combined? Where did it come from? Uh, Dr. Andrew Weil, W-E-I-L, actually is considered the founder of integrative medicine. Uh, he's well known for a lot of his holistic uh, tapes and recordings uh, with sound uh, music and healing tapes that he's done, a lot of philosophies. Uh, he just was one of the first ones that uh, took the big step and, and said, we can do both of these together. And, you know. It's now going much more mainstream. A lot of the main university hospitals are considering uh, and actually offering integrative medicine curriculum for medical students now. So uh, it's a learning experience for everybody, but it's working out well. Yeah, well, that's a good thing, right? Because might as well bring the best healing modalities to everyone. And what I also don't like, though, is how some, you know, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. What happened to me the other day, my son has been having, he's eight, has neck pain. And I, I know it's because 
all summer long. He's been on the iPad. He's like this. It's the <laughs> iPad. He didn't go to camp this year because we got a pool. So I made adjustments, you know, pri- price-wise. I'm like, we got the pool. We can't afford camp. So long story short, he's got neck issues. He started football last week, and his neck is hurting him with the helmet on. So I took him to the doctor, regular, you know, uh, uh, doctor, sure. and and, and she says, okay, those aren't swollen lymph nodes. Those are his muscles. They're tight. They're, you know, he needs um, orthopedic something medicine. It's kind of like a medical massage. And I said, oh, I said, okay, great. Well, what about, um, I, you know, talk to my friends in the business. What about a chiropractor? Could an adjustment help him? And she's like, absolutely not. I hate chiropractors. I don't, and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, my friend who's a, a PA was recommending that go to my chiropractor. You know, so I was going to make the same suggestion. Everyone has their own tape, but she was so adamant. She said, I hate, and I'm like, I can't believe she used that word. I'm like, why? I'm like, I thought she's like, I don't believe in them, and I what they do, and I'm like, okay, okay. I asked the wrong person, but you think as a medical professional, she would have been more open to. You no, know, it's not my preference, but maybe this could help. You know, but oh, I got a. Right. Shutdown. So that was no, in, there was no integration there last week, Peggy. It was a full shutdown. But um, yeah, and let me ask you, you know, so why are some people so adamant about still believing in their own one way? I mean, we can't change everyone's opinion in mine, but I hope. Well, uh, obviously, she's had experiences in her lifetime, maybe, uh, that were, you know, scary or whatever. I, I remember not really caring much for chiropractors at one point. And I had a, uh, I was taking my youngest son for bedwetting issues. My pediatrician said, go to the chiropractor. Well, while we were there, I had a sore throat. So the chiropractor took my hand and right here and with pressure points, he squeezed my hand. He said, how's your sore throat? And it went away. <laughs> and this is long, ago. I don't even think I was a nurse at this point. Um, and so it was like, wow, what is this stuff, you know, and that works. And, uh, there's all kinds of different chiropractic modalities. You have to do your research. There's the old fashioned one that everybody's afraid of where they adjust you and crack your bones and, you know, put your hands across your chest and hug me and hug yourself. And then we crack you. And that's not my favorite type. Um, the one that I go to uses like a trigger point uh, method. And I kind of laughed at it. So I went there mm-hmm. just for the learning of it to see what this was like. And I, when I saw it, I said, this isn't going to do anything for me. So I went in with the wrong attitude, but it helped. And then they also used the TENS unit. They used a laser light therapy. And all of that is relatively inexpensive. It's accessible to people at home. So I did some research about the laser light therapy and discovered that it's also a veterinary modality. And since I have handicapped animals, I started doing them on my paralyzed Aww. animals. And it, it, it works. So I was a lot more, you know, open to seeing what else do you have in your toolbox, you know. And, um, you just have to keep an open mind. But if you have a feeling so strong as I hate, then probably it's based on just personal experiences that maybe didn't go so well. Mm, uh, yeah. I have chronic Lyme disease. And I went to a traditional uh, what do you call it, infectious disease doctor just to see what his opinion was. And I wanted to ask about some of the infusion modalities that I had heard for Lyme that weren't mainstream yet. He was young. He was very polite. He stared at me for a minute and he said, the philosophies to which you are expressing are not practiced in the pews of the church that I attend. Wow. And, you know, I thought about it. Nobody had ever like rejected me that way, but I liked it because it was very professional. He was saying, you know, I don't believe in it, but it's okay if you do is what I, the way I took that. And um, 
you know, I ran into him in an elevator about six months ago. And I said, oh, I've been thinking about you. And he said, yeah. He says, are you still doing that holistic stuff? And I, he remembered me like over 10 years. And I, I said, I am. I said, I'm in practice for myself right now. And uh, he said, I've been educating myself. He said, we should talk sometime. Wow. So, you know, that was kind of encouraging that, you know, more and more. And, and like in Philadelphia, we have Jefferson University Hospital. You know, that is becoming very integrative. Most of the doctors there, it's included in part of their mainstay education. Um, it's it's accepted by most insurance companies. Uh, so, it you know, and it offers people that are really chronically or severely ill some options to help them feel better and at least feel like they're making choices to, to help incre- increase their health. Yeah. All right. Well, what are the benefits of integrative medicine? And I want to get to that. Right. Well, it offers a natural approach for addressing health and medical concerns, and it emphasizes less invasive treatments mm-hmm. if, if it's possible. Um, my my primary doctor is an integrative doctor. She's also a cancer survivor. She's very knowledgeable about nutrition and vitamins and things. And when I go to her with a complaint, she always says, you know, do you want a prescription for the traditional stuff or, you know, do you want something herbal or whatever? And it, mm-hmm. it's nice to have a choice. And as a nurse, I know sometimes I might really need that antibiotic, but what else can the herbal do to enhance that antibiotic? And, you know, we have a good team working there. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. What other benefits? I mean, I just, how could you well, not say there's benefits in it? I got, I'll let you speak. You know, it's just the fact that, I mean, prescription medications are very often necessary and very appropriate. But some patients, they might have severe side effects or just not be as effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what practitioners have learned that by combining integrative uh, procedures and philosophies, it emphasizes less on the invasive treatments when it's possible. And it, it's kind of considered as a kind of a marriage between conventional and the complementary alternative medicine. Uh, and it's a marriage. It doesn't look like they're going to get divorced anytime soon. It, it's working out well. Um, it's It blends safe traditional medicine with evidence-based alternative medicine, which means that research has done real studies, not just, uh, you know, my aunt used to do this, my grandmother does this, you know. It's, uh, they've actually taken some of the tre- treatments and philosophies that have become popular and put them on a scientific realm and, and done the clinical studies and they're getting good outcomes. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot cheaper. Uh, the insurance companies aren't complaining because their patients aren't costing them as much money. True. Uh, it, it's less painful usually. And, you know, it just offers options. Uh, their emphasis is usually on promoting health and well-being. So you're not just there to fix whatever complaint got you to the doctor. It's it's a very holistic approach, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago, and we're talking quite some time ago, um, more than 20 or 30, I guess, when I was in the middle of a divorce, uh, my primary doctor, who I wouldn't have called him integrative, but he kind of shocked me because uh, I was going through a hard time, and he got his prescription pad out and wrote uh, the NIV version of the Bible. And I was a nurse during that time, and I looked at it. He was a doctor that I worked with at the hospital. And I kind of said, is this a tax deduction if Mm -hmm. I buy it? Uh And, you know, but it was just kind of the beginning that, you know, 30 years ago, we weren't really talking about integrative stuff. But in his way, you know, he was sharing his beliefs and kind of letting me know that I have options. I'm not like limited to just one type of choice. 
you know, if, if you're doing the combination therapies, studies show that you'll spend less money on your medical costs, certainly less on your prescriptions. And usually you get better quicker if, you know, if it's possible. That's what the universe has in plan for you because it's treating the whole person. Um, you know, if you've got a bad allergy problem or psoriasis, you know, you got to fix the skin problem, but yep. there's a lot of psychological side effects of having skin problems like that. And so by treating the whole person, everybody's on board within you, all parts of you are, are helping the doctor and you start feeling better about yourself. And sometimes when you're feeling better about yourself, you don't notice some of the things that might be just minor issues, yeah. mm. you know, but they seem to be a lot bigger. Uh, it usually addresses the root cause of a disease. So it's not just let's treat the symptoms. Your headache went away now. Uh, for instance, you can get rid of a migraine with a technique called tapas. It's T-A-P-A-S. And basically, you're putting two fingers up here in your thumb and just putting some mild pressure there. And when it was first shown to me, you know, I, I was a doubting Thomas, but my headache went away. I mean, what can I say? You know, mm -hmm. you feel stupid for being so stubborn sometimes. Uh, and I didn't have to buy any prescription migraine medicine or, you know. And also it was followed up with, you need to drink more water, which is true. We all need to drink more water. That's actually considered alternative medicine sometimes. Oh, gosh. Hold on. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I'm always reminding you on the show to drink your water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it also, what is part of the root causes, it addresses hormonal, hormonal imbalances. It builds your immunity, mm -hmm. decreases inflammation. You know, something as simple as teaching someone an anti-inflammatory, uh, which is not necessarily mean gluten-free, mm -hmm. but a lot of times people think it is. But both of those ideas, if you aren't so inflamed in your body, then other your organs and everything work better as a whole. And it really focuses on you and your needs, not, you know, like I've seen when doctors first went to the electronic re medical record, mm -hmm. some of them had to hire an extra medical assistant just to type for them. The ones that didn't bother doing that, they never looked at the patient. They were just sitting there staring at their pen keyboard trying to figure out. And, and they were worried because the insurance company said, you know, this is managed care. You have to get in 15 minutes, 10 patients, you know. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of doctors have left the field because of some of those new uh, things. But by incorporating things that have been proven with Eastern medicine, which is often considered herbs, uh, botanicals, acupuncture, um, I was very uh, nervous and, and kind of leery about trying acupuncture the first time, but I'd used it on my Newfoundland for years. He was elderly. I didn't want him on the steroid anti-inflammatory pain medicines they had for dogs. It wasn't good for his stomach. He would run around like a puppy for three weeks. He was 16 years old after his acupuncture wow. treatment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm looking, well, if my dog likes it, you know, if it's good enough for my dog, it must be good for me, you know. The dog, just like when I was single and I would go out with somebody, I had an experience once where the same Newfoundland really got ballistic and it was a therapy dog and was going after the person that I was dating that day. I had to send him home and said, I'm sorry, something's wrong with my dog. Well, I realized after I heard something in the news shortly after, my dog knew that this person wasn't a good person for me. And this is like, you know, Newfoundlands are the gentle giant, you know, and, and he was a certified therapy dog, but he was insistent that man was leaving. And I'm so glad he did. After that, if any time I went on the first date, I said, you know, if we're going to yeah. go on a second date, you have to come meet Kramer. And 
they must have thought I was crazy, but <laughs> that worked out too, you know, sometimes. Oh, huh? Oh. So there's actually, um, I guess, five uh, domains of complementary and alternative medicine. Uh, one is biological based, which would be like your, um, your herbs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the things are a little extreme. I'm not sure that I'm in favor of some of the enema therapies and things that, uh, that could be causing a lot of electrolyte imbalances and stuff. But there's all kinds of biologically based inventions. Then there's body-based manipulative invention uh, uh, interventions, which would be like uh, an energy massage therapist who is very tra- uh, trained in Reiki and very sensitive to the energies and aura around you. So they just seem to naturally go right where you need their hands to go. Uh, and, you, you know, you feel better and sleep better that day than you would if you took a sleeping pill, for sure. Uh, the energy therapies include things like the Reiki, uh, like EFT, which is a tapping modality um, to change the whole energy in your body. And um, there's uh, NMT, there's a whole bunch of energy therapies. Uh, that, And then there's mind-body practices, yoga, meditation. Uh, that's actually considered complementary medicine. Wow. And... You know, it's it's very successful. They have yoga for pregnancies. They have yoga for uh, just about anything. They have wheelchair yoga for people that are in wheelchairs, and you know, and, and they teach meditation. They're teaching meditation in kindergarten now, oh. and it makes a difference. You know, maybe it even cuts down on some of the uh, hyperactivity drugs. I'm not sure, but um, you know, there's just so many things that don't cost a lot of money that you have control of. You have the ability to learn yourself. And, and practice it. And we're all human. You know, we find something that works. We try it a little bit. And like we go on a diet, we stop after a couple of weeks. Oh, that was fun, you know. Uh, but things that you really learn, though, and incorporate in your life, you, you seem to come back to it, you know, after the initial fun stage of it. And because you, you realize it really does help your life and you feel better. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. We still got five minutes left, Peggy. You're on a roll. What else do you want to share? Um. Well, basically, when you're talking about integrative medicine, you have to kind of understand that it does include your diet. It does include lifestyle changes, which, you know, most of us have a negative idea, attitude towards lifestyle changes. Um, You know, you, you suddenly find out you have diverticulitis or you're a new diabetic and all you can think of is, you know, your aunt hiding in the kitchen, sneaking cannolis or, you know, uh, somebody you know that was on dialysis and lost a limb because of that. And uh, a lot of these complementary medicines, which do not cost any money, a lot of money. I mean, we should be eating healthy foods anyway, which there are ways of doing that economically. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, most of it's unprocessed food, which means we have to get back to learning how to cook again, like our grandparents did. And um, many of them lived a long time and, you know, my mother, I think when she died, she um, had her thyroid pill. And if anything else was wrong, even a sniffle, she'd take one vitamin C tablet. And that was her answer to anything and stayed away from doctors. Um, when she passed away, I found a scrapbook with all kinds of alternative and complementary type medicine things that were something as simple as clean your house with vinegar. You mm-hmm. know, take all the money you save, you know, not spending Procter & Gamble stock, you know. 
Um, so it just it's all about having control. Yeah. Uh, you know, the insurance prices are going up. The doctor visits are going up. The waits are getting longer. You can't go, you know, uh, doctors are told they've got to be fast. But now since COVID, a lot of the doctors are just telehealth, and minimal patient contact. So patients and, and, you know, everyday people are looking for ways of having more control. Uh, and that that's important. It's, it's a good aspect of, you know, keeping yourself healthy. Got it. All right. Wow. So, do you have any questions or anything that I didn't cover? Well, I was going to bring up the, the hydration factor, water, healthy, yes. But um, my question to you, though, because of the field you're in, I'm just with young kids, our sugar intake, right? Okay, mm-hmm. they say apple juice, they say orange juice is good for us. It is high in sugar. Okay, yeah. How does that, is it the same sugar that's in a Coca-Cola? I'm trying to well, figure that out. My kids are trying to, like, yeah, because they want to drink soda. And I'm like, drink juice. But then I'm like, wait, there's so much sugar in this juice I'm giving them. What am I doing wrong? Well, you could also dilute dilute the juice, like half and half. So it still has the flavor. It's still good. And you're not getting the, the stuff that's in the sugar. I mean, the soda has a lot of other chemicals and additives that are not healthy for you. My father, when I was uh, six years old, he was in the army. One of his weekend jobs was to go to Connecticut and fill up candy machines on, you know, the army base or something. And he used to take me with him, and he would tell me that if I ate candy bars, it would put holes in my teeth. And at six years old, it impressed me. I didn't have a candy bar until I was 13. And then it was like, he lied. I don't have holes in my teeth. You know, then I was eating candy bars with my braces. And yes, you get holes in your teeth with that combination, but... You know, when the children are young and you can start those habits. Um, my grandson was has been a, a, a vegetarian since he was four. His parents are not vegetarians, mm-hmm. but he just didn't want to do anything, that, eat anything that would hurt an animal. Yeah. And, you know, of course, for a long time, his idea of vegetarian was either peanut butter or cheese pizza, macaroni and cheese. But I introduced him to fish, you know, and told him he liked the way pescatarian sounded. So he started eating a lot of fish. And, you know, from a very young age, just from watching what he saw on TV, he's made good food choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's the time to grab them because then it's not a lifestyle change. It's all you know. Yeah, seriously. It really, I get it. Oof. <sighs> not easy. Not easy. Plus going to the grocery stores and seeing everything. You know, everything like, you know, on the, the counters like that and the shelves and the end aisles. It's like grueling, isn't it? it, it it's really challenging. Um, there's a commercial going on now with our, our Phillies game. And, you know, the, the goal of the commercial is to te- talk to your kids about alcohol when they're young. Well, the commercial is all about the little kid giggling that her dad's beer can is multicolored. And she thought it was a kid's drink. Mm hmm. And so dad said, oh, no, this is beer. This is off limits to you. But, you know, what kind of example is that really? Yeah. You know, know, there's kids that watch their parents smoke and, you know, they're like, daddy, don't you want to live? You know, why are you still smoking? And, um, you know, and then we get into, you know, individual choice and, you know, maybe you could offer him distractions so he doesn't want to smoke as much and. A lot of kids really get upset when they see their parents smoking because they are bombarded with the commercials that it's not healthy for you. So true. Or maybe they know somebody who passed away in their family with cancer. My and, mom, you know, they, yep, totally. 
they start worrying about, you know, my parents are going to die because they smoke. Yeah. And that's, that's not a direct correlation there, but it's a, no. a real fear that a lot of kids have. Absolutely. Uh, diabetics, especially, you know, like they know what some of the side effects are. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know my mother-in-law had gone blind. She was babysitting oh. my one-year-old. What? And I'm, one day I'm, I'm picking up my child and I look down, she had a black toe. And I said, when did you bang your toe? She said, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, she didn't even know. And she didn't even know. And then I said, can you read this for me? I I don't have my glasses. And she couldn't read. And I said, you can't oh, see, can you? Gosh. She says, I didn't want you to stop letting me babysit. Yeah. And that's why she was pretending that she could see. But you know what? My toddler knew that grandma couldn't see. And he was getting into everything. Because wow. he knew. He had already figured out at like three that, oh, I can do this. And grandma won't know, you know. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, well, we still had lots of grandma time, and grandma eventually moved in with us. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of – diabetes is one of the most costly diseases there is, you know, cancer too. So sad. And, you know, I mean, not everything is a, a direct cause to our lifestyle. Some people just have the genes or, you know, something like that. But there's a lot we can do to improve our chances even if we have the genes. Good to know. Well, thank you so much again for being here. Please, uh, if you can, tell us again how we can reach you. You can reach me on my website. It's uh, www.notjusthypnosis.biz. Good. Or uh, you can email me at notjusthypnosis at gmail.com. And my direct phone, which you can call or text, is area code 267-593-5557. Perfect. Thank you so much. Pleasure having you back. Looking forward to our next conversation and uh, we'll talk soon for sure. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you again, Miss Peggy. You too. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10 year old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is like busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.